listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. How many of you are excited to be in God's house today? Right? Well, you may be seated, and we're going to step into a time of water baptism, and this is a special moment for not only those who are being baptized today, but this is also a special moment for us as a church family. You know, when you read the entire New Testament, there is no, there's no real focus on individuals, although individuals are mentioned over and over. But as you read the New Testament, there's a focus on people. There's a, a gathering of people, a community of people. In fact, when you read even the teaching on how to pray, the disciples ask the question, teach us how to pray. And all of the phraseology through the Lord's prayer is all, Lord, give us. This is understanding that no man is an island to himself and that everything we do in our following of Jesus is not just individually, but it cannot be individually unless it's done collectively and corporately within the local church setting. And so as imperfect as it is, just like the individuals that are part of a church, we gather together and we follow after Jesus. And many people are in the process of discovering who he is. And some are today, they've made the decision, they've had that revelation of Christ, who he is, come to give his life for their sins. And he was buried and resurrected for their life here on earth and future eternal life. But there's also that, that process where beyond that, many people are functioning as disciples, growing in a day-to-day -day experience with him, being perfected from day to day to day. And so as we gather together to celebrate on a Sunday or during the weekend, we come together. It's our moment to be able to share our relationship with God and one another and urge one another forward in, a, in that forward direction. We encourage one another to follow after him. We pray together. We believe together. We worship together. And as we're gathered together, it's just, it's just, it's more powerful than being in your bedroom, right? Just alone. Although that is incredibly valuable and powerful. So as we baptize today, I want you to keep in mind your role. And if you're a, someone who serves in the local church family and you feel like, well, my holding the door doesn't really affect a whole lot. I, I, I would argue to the contrary, that you play a key and vital role to what's taking place here today. And I would argue even further, if you give, if you serve on any level, if you're a leader, if you're on the platform, if you teach a children's class, we're baptizing today people of all ages and we've all played a key role. Some of you are prayer warriors. And you think, well, I, you know, I just prayed. No, 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 you prayed, right? And all of, all of hell in this world will fight against people stepping into a relationship with Jesus and will fight against that successful step after step. And so those of you who are behind the scenes prayer warriors, you play a very active and very key role in what's transpiring here today, but in the overall life of the church. So today it's my, my phenomenal privilege to be able to baptize a number of people who have in this last season, they've said yes to following Jesus. Let's hear it for that. And uh, whoa, yes, hallelujah. Earlier I put my hand inside of here and I felt like that it was uh, too warm and so I asked them to add some cold water, forgetting that I will spend the duration of this time the only person here in its entirety. So uh, anyways, let me, let me just adjust. Okay, here we are. Okay, today um, we celebrate with those who have said yes. They're wearing a shirt that says that. 
And again, we have all ages. We're not baptizing them in any specific order of importance, just matter of size. I've got to work myself up to Shane, who's last, this process. And I do plan on Shane tore his sleeves off, but that's so I can twirl him in the air and dunk him in a just a very uh, exciting uh, method that I'm going to try out only on him, okay? Uh, let's pray for just a second, okay? Father, I thank you so much for this house. I thank you for the leaders of this house, the servants of this house, those who are faithful to give to this house. We celebrate, Father, what you do, not only through the, the house, but also the members of the house. There are some children being baptized today, and certainly we want to recognize their parents' role, grandparents' role, uh, sisters and brothers and aunts and uncles who play key roles in the decisions that have been made. And Lord, so we celebrate all that. We pray, Lord, that this will be a marked moment for those as they step into this water, that while it's very symbolic, that, Lord, the symbolism is not lost, but they experience in their spirit, in their soul, in their even their physical being, that, that, that being immersed into you and to come up just overflowing with the life that you give. And I pray, Lord, for those who maybe are in the room who are on the, on the fence, maybe still making the decision for you, or maybe haven't been water baptized yet because they don't see really the point. But Lord, this is the moment where we express to the world, I've made my choice. I've said yes, I will follow Jesus. So Holy Spirit, we are thankful that you're here. We're glad that you're in part of this process. And we ask as we dunk people into the water, Father, they would be re-immersed into you, fresh and new today. Give them strength to carry on their journey and to inspire others to do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand, all right? Um, first up, Alexa, are you coming up to be water baptized? Come on, Alexa. Come on, Mom, Dad. And just so you know, we've got a ton of photography going on, so you can take pictures, but I promise you we will have great pictures for you. Um, come on in here, Alexa. It's not cold at all, I promise you. You know what? I'm going to have you stand right here so everybody can see you. I don't want you to get down yet into the pool. Is it a little bit chilly? It's not chilly at all, so I'm just pretty much whining then. <laughs> uh, Alexa, have you made the decision to follow Jesus? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, right? And you're planning on serving him your entire life, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's pretty cool because mom serves Jesus and dad serves Jesus and your brother does too. I remember when he was water baptized and also some of your additional family that's here served Jesus. It's exciting to have your family here, huh? Now, I'm not 100% positive, but I think that you had a birthday not too long ago, right? Let me guess how old you are. 17. Am I, am I close? Not yet. Okay, you just turned eight, right? That's pretty awesome, right? It's good to have a birthday. Great Wolf Lodge. The internal wheels are saying, let's move this along, old man. <laughs> Uh, Alexa, my first, one of my first memories of you was you and your brother in my backyard crawling up a half-built wall of boulders. And I looked out over the balcony and was terrified because that was like four years ago, and I thought, this little girl. And then I thought, this little girl. And that picture will remain with me for a long time, and the reason why I share it with you is because that's how you tackle life. You're an adventurer, and you're not afraid of things. You're excited about the future. And in your walk with Jesus, he's going to help you to climb those boulder walls and get to places you need to be. It's not always going to be super easy, but you got you have somebody to do it with. Not only your family, not only your church family and friends, but you also have Jesus, right? Yeah. Amen. So give her a big hand. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Alexa. I ask you to bless her life. In Jesus' name, we thank you for her decision to follow after you. 
Amen and amen. That's awesome. We, the question is, uh, do you baptize children? We've baptized children who've made a decision for Christ, who understand that he's Lord and Savior. And I've seen kids as young as five years old be able to do that and still have some 50-year-olds that can't figure it out, right? So, so we baptize based on decision for Christ, amen? Okay, next up is Eden Davenport. Come on. Come on in. I'm going to swing you around to this side so Dad can be a part of this. Eden, it's awesome to have you getting water baptized today. You come from a long line of people who serve Jesus, which is fantastic. Mom and Dad and your uh, brothers and sisters. It's awesome. Grandparents, great, some great-grandparents. Before you were ever born, I knew your great-grandparents. Yeah, seriously, and some wonderful people who have served God. This is a generational thing. I, it's a generational thing. I know that there's news being sown out there to make you afraid that, oh, this generation's turning away from Jesus. The Bible says you raise the child in the way that he is to go, and when he's old, he'll not depart. Have the confidence to raise your child in the house of God. There'll be moments like this, and down the road, moments where they're serving. You'll notice that Eden this morning up on the platform, serving as part of the team, respected as an adult, the adult that she is. We're proud of you. We're proud of who you're becoming proud of your decision to follow Jesus, right? Okay. You've made the decision to follow Jesus? Yes. Very good. You going to do that for the rest of your life? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Anything you'd like to say? Anybody you'd like to thank? I'd like to thank my dad and my mom for taking me here and everything they've done for me. That's awesome. Why don't you stand down right here? So we're going to let dad uh, hold you under for a little bit. Every parent would love to be involved with their child's baptism. That's why we like to wait till they're teenagers. You don't want to clean your room? <laughs> Baptism's coming. <laughs> okay. Um, let, me, let me say this to you. Um, I've got a picture on my phone that's part of our Sunday rotation. We've got photographers around. And there's always great pictures. And sometimes I'll save some of the pictures. I have a ton of pictures of all of you involved with worship, serving in different capacities. And I've got this great picture of you behind the, the keyboard with your eyes closed and your finger pointed up in the sky like this. And I'm like, she's like a worship action hero. Look at that, that thing. And that stands out to me because that's who you're becoming. That music is your second, it's not second nature, but it's going to become your second language, not only to be able to play and transpose and to help lead into worship. I know it's at work right now and it's a challenge. But the future, it's going to get easier and easier and easier, not just for you to learn, but for you to train others and to inspire other people. As you're part of the team and you look out at these people, because they all raise their hands, they all clap, they all sing at the top of their voice, right? Most of the time anyways, right? And they better all the, better all the time. Don't make, her, don't make her pull the car over. But I want you to celebrate the, uh, the, the role that you play in helping to lead people into worship, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this young woman who loves you and who serves you. 
who has committed herself to your care, to your leadership, and also, Lord, to being used by you in the house of God and outside of the house. We pray, God, you to just open the heavens for her. Father, you speak into her and through her for all the days of her life and inspire others in the process. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. how she's like squatting down so that none of you can see her. You ever see people walk across the stage and we can all see them, but they're like bent over so that as if bending over, you can't see them. But it's okay to see you. We, we're, we, we appreciate you, all the hard work you did. Okay, Dylan Grant. Dylan, why don't you join us up here? Come on, Dylan. A little cheering from the family. However you choose whichever side you want, jump, jump in down over here. Dylan, it's been great to have you show up here at church. I know you're connected by family, uh, within the family, and we've known your family for a long time. It's great to have you now into the family and, and being a part not only of uh, the family here, but serving here to see uh, what we experience on a weekly basis be able to take place. Uh, anything you want to share with everyone? Um, realistically, all I want to thank is my brother Jacob. Um, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be here. Um, I'm thankful he brought me into this family, this church, made a lot of good friends and family, and I'm just forever thankful for that. Thanks, Jacob. It's awesome. So you've made that decision to follow after Jesus. Yes, you can serve him for all of your life. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Father, I thank you for Dylan. I thank you, Lord, for his life. Lord, I thank you for those moments that we find ourselves in where people have been faithful to reach out and they might have been nervous, but to, to talk with us, to encourage us, to lead us to you. I thank you, Lord, though, that you, you, through your Holy Spirit, you reach in through circumstances and situations, and you open our hearts to you, and you give us the ability to know you. And I thank you for Dylan saying yes, making that decision. I thank you for his heart to be plugged in here, Lord. I thank you for his heart to serve well. And God, we pray that you'll open the doors as he follows after you, leading into the future, Lord. I pray that you lay it out like breadcrumbs so it's easy to see how serving you leads to a better future. Lord, I pray in those moments of it, as he gets ready to take steps and in the past where it's been a fight maybe at times to, to lean in, God, that it becomes easier because it's so directly connected as he looks. His future, the best future, is connected to following after you. Lord, we pray you'll bless him abundantly, pour your spirit out over his life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The way he launched, I thought we were going for a, a diving competition. I thought, I'm going to have to go down out there after him. This thing's pretty deep. Okay. Uh, Chance Denerson. Come on, Chance. Chance, when I look at you, it reminds me of when I was younger. All 110 pounds of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. These little kids, <laughs> right? It's cold. Yeah, it's cold. 
chance is awesome to be able to baptize you. Great to have family here and some good friends. Uh, anything you'd like to share? Uh, I just like to thank Abby, of course. <laughs> um, I just thank you for pushing me to be the best I can be and to have the relationships that I do have. Thank you. And I just like to thank Corey and Jenny for being my family when mine was falling apart. Okay. All right. Um, Chance, you can, go ahead, you can clap. Okay. I want to say to, to mom, thank you. You know, see, it would be wonderful if life was just a straight line and perfect. It'd be, it'd be awesome, but it's just not. Anybody who's been out on the freeway, it's just not. Okay? And life is really real. One of the things I love about the Bible, Chance, you can lean on this, is that God is not afraid of the fact that we don't drive in straight lines. Now, he wants us to drive in straight lines. He wants our, us as parents, us as students, us as future parents. We want our lives to be a nice straight trajectory from where we are to our best life. But you're going to find there's going to be a couple moments where the car gets squirrely as you're driving. And the people in your world, it'll be like that. But God's not worried. It's God's not nervous about that. You know, if I was putting together an advertisement for serving God, the Bible would not be the brochure I would put together. I mean, God's not afraid to show the good, the bad, and the ugly. Some of you don't even know what that sound effect means, so uh, probably chance like, what is he? Um, but the fact is God can still do great things through difficult moments is a testimony that's at work in Chance's life and all of our lives. Amen. Uh, Chance, it's been really cool to watch you walk in and hang out in the back corner like a piece of wallpaper and us to do everything to coax you out of that. And then boom, to trust that God's going to do it. And then as God began to do that, Chance is at everything now. He's at men's prayer. And it doesn't matter if it's 5.30 in the morning on a Tuesday or if it's Wednesday night at 7 p.m. He's there. It's involved serving. Chance is one of our young men. In his first, first stage of his career, faithful to give. Not only his tithe. I'm not, he's not telling you this. I'm telling you this. And we're family. So the right hand can tell the left hand in this example. I'm not out on the corner fourth plane. Tither! Tither! It's, you know, for those of you nervous about that. This is also someone who multiple times when there's a cause in the church, there's a need. He takes and he gives of his hard-earned cash and gives generously. Chance, your future, the trajectory of your future is lining up and it's going to be much smoother because if God's got your pocketbook, he's got your heart. And if he's got your heart, he's got you. It's all good, okay? Future looks really, really good for you. Keep fighting forwards. Keep, keep fighting forward. Keep pushing forward. God's using you. He's going to continue to use you, okay? You made that decision to follow him. I'm going to baptize you here in just a second. You want to take the glasses off or we want to get those baptized too? All right. That's going to be, we'll see what happens. Okay. Okay. Well, why don't you both come up, uh, both Shane and Kim? We won't. We're not putting you both in the tank at one time. Uh, I'm not sure I can be in here with Shane. Just me. 
Okay, Kim, come on in. Shane, why don't you come up right here? Shane, come up on the side here. Maybe you stand down in here so we can kind of do this together as a couple. Come on, Kim, why don't you stand down here? Um, real privilege. I just can, I'll kind of do this both together. Uh, what an honor to be able to baptize you guys. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's great, great, great day. Um, I remember the first day that they walked into the church. It's back during kind of COVID, and we were meeting in that converted garage, and they came in, the three of them, with Raina, who's, who's trying not to be seen, but we all see her. And, um, and it just, it was interesting. They took off right after the gathering, and I thought, well, we'll probably never see them again. And then they showed up two weeks later, and I was like, oh, they're, they're back. And then they, but they took off quick. And then, so I had somebody end the next service or the next gathering in prayer so that I could be waiting at that door. I'm like, try to go through this bro at the back door. And we, we had a great conversation. And over the last year plus, we've got to be great friends. Not when I say we've got to be great friends, we've got to be great friends, all of us. Amen. So cool. And uh, again, life's not necessarily that straight, that straight trajectory. It's a little bit all over the place, but look what God has done. It's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Proof that God is able to reach anybody's heart and draw them in and show them his goodness and show them what they can have and what they can become in him. Amen. Amen. Church, you've played a part of this. It's been awesome. Uh, Kim, anything you want to share? Today's a great day. Um, I just wanted to say um, I'm grateful for our church. Uh, I feel like my sister always says, um, she points out people in her life that are Jesus with skin on. Um, and I love that analogy because, you know, God is always there for us, but there are so many people that are Jesus with skin on, and this, that's what you guys are. That's what this church is for us because um, sometimes life is super hard out there, and uh, we find ourselves here, and we find many Jesuses with skin on, and like uh, encouragement, prayers daily, like uh, it's a family, like it's that's not a word to take lightly, like it's a family, um, so I'm so grateful for you guys. Yeah. Awesome, super, super. Come on, coach, you got anything you want to share? I uh, just want to thank my family, uh, Kim, Raina, Katie. Um, most of all, Kim, because she dragged me in that first time and I was fighting tooth and nail, man, I don't want to go to church. And I'm so grateful that she did. So I just want to thank her the most. And then obviously you, you didn't let me just come in and go out and we become good friends. Uh, you're not just my pastor, my friend, you're my workout buddy or everything. So, uh, and all you guys, thank you. So good. And this, this is another testimony of a church family. This is what church family creates and allows to be created through us. I love that they both, not only in the church, but now serve and impact. Uh, I wanted to say to both of you that this has been a great year and a half-ish uh, where your, your involvement has increased, but over the next couple of years, your influence is going to increase. In the community, you guys already have tremendous influence. Kim, you're boss lady at work. So many people know who you are. So many people look to have their, their folder on your desk. You get the work done, and there's favor from God there. Uh, that influence is going to be continue to be such that it leads people into the house of God, which is a priority for you. But secondarily, um, freedom is going to... God is going to use you to introduce them to freedom as they come into the house. I know that's a passion of yours, a desire, something you're wanting to see happen. And while it's a little bit slow to see that come in that, that level of leadership, that's going to come over the next few years. 
going to look out in the house and your story is going to help unlock some people who are stuck and, and you, they'll be able to rush in behind you. There's a, there's a, uh, to watch geese fly. We always are amazed at the V shape up in the sky and, but there's a, a scientific reason why they do that. The, the geese, the, the goose up in the front is pounding through the wind that's coming against it. And believe it or not, what they experience, the next set of geese that are a little bit behind their ability to fly is much easier. I've done this in biking. When you see a group of 20 guys riding, the guy in front, he is dying. He's grinding away. The guy in the back, he's on his brakes. He literally doesn't have to be pedaling. He's sucked along by the work of the beginning of the group. And so your life will function that way. And I say your life, I say the both of your life because you both carry similar levels of influence. When people come into the gym, Shane, you have just a natural gift to love people, which is a weird thing to say, knowing, you know, for you to hear that, who would have believed at 17, you, you love people. Oh my God, I don't know if I like anybody. But, it's, but there's a natural God-given thing within you to coach people. And that's as you support one another in this process, the future looks very strong like that. So dream about the day where, where you sit just surrounded with people that God has used you to influence them into the kingdom, amen? So we're gonna go ahead and baptize you guys. Let me pray real quick, sorry about that, sorry. Sorry. Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you for the work that you've done in their life. I thank you for your grace. Thank you for real life, just good life together, growing and, and in this season, while there's all sorts of rumors and challenges in the economy and politics and social circles, Lord, Father, we hold, we hold fast because we hold to the one who holds us. We hold to you, Jesus. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for baptizing us today. We look forward to the days ahead when there might be some things ahead that are somewhat scary according to the media. Father, we look, we look ahead with joy and excitement because we do this with you. We do this with one another. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Shane had uh, one request when, when he did give his life to Jesus. We were getting ready to get into this building, and he requested that he said, uh, can I be the first to be baptized in the building? And the answer was yes. It just didn't work out. I got the Rona. He got the Rona. <laughs> for the second time. He got it for the second time. And, uh, but that doesn't take away anything from this moment. And, and we celebrate you and your family. Amen. Sing it out with them a little bit. Just take a moment, like with your hands raised right here in God's presence. Invite his spirit upon you. Invite his spirit to come and fill you fresh and new. Invite his spirit to wash through you. As people were baptized in water today, ask him to baptize you fresh and new with his spirit. Father, we come to you. Stand in your presence right here. We're so thankful for your touch, oh God. 
We invite you, Spirit of God, to breathe through us. Invade our lives. Be a part of leading step by step as we take steps forward. We're so thankful this morning to be in your presence. But we know when we leave today, Holy Spirit, you, you go with us. As believers, you dwell within us. There's never a step that we'll ever take where you're not close and present, wanting to lead and guide us. We're so thankful for the journey you've brought us on, and we're equally excited about the future. The future looks good, because we plan to do the future with you. Father, I ask you to bless every person in this room. Help them to understand what you want to do that's incredible in their lives, how you want to redeem things that have been stolen from them, how you want to turn around some of the tragedies that they might have even self-inflicted. You want to turn that around for your glory, and you want to do great things regardless. Father, I thank you for just a place to gather, a building to be in. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen and amen and amen. Great job, worship team. Give the worship team a great big hand, okay? You guys are awesome. Drumming's pretty good, too. The guitar playing's pretty good. Lady, uh, the acoustic's great. Ladies, the voices today, spot on. Nubia, high five across the pond, okay? Give them a big hand as they're, they're seated. You could be seated as well. And they'll be back up here in a few seconds. I don't think I have much time to preach. Um, what a great day so far, right? feels really limiting to just be on this side of the platform. I might get really fired up and see if we can walk on water. Pro probably not. Did think about slapping the water at some point today so that some of you would uh, get to experience water baptism. Uh, great. I, I want to congratulate uh, the Grant family on the birth of their new little boy. New son and new grandson and new brother and all that. Um, He's still in the hospital because how much is he weighing right now? Three pounds, six ounces, which is twice at least what his sister weighed. Like the miracles that you guys have experienced in your family, pretty remarkable, but they're not, they're not wasted on you at all. Amen. God is so good. Go ahead and give them a big hand. It's awesome. And just, just great to be able to be with you this morning. Lots of good things going on. Uh, we're stepping into the Thanksgiving season. Uh, we'll have our tree up by Thanksgiving as God wills it, because he does. <laughs> Getting ready for the great evening where people who really love Jesus open their gifts on Christmas Eve. Yes. For some of you, that's a controversy. I'm just letting you know the wise men showed up at night. They followed a star. They didn't follow the sun anyplace. They presented gifts in the evening. And so I would encourage you to do the same It's an ongoing uh, argument in our church. Well, you guys argue about it. I know the will of God, so we'll continue with that. Um, I'm excited about Thanksgiving season. As we get ready to go into the Christmas season, right after that, uh, we, we've got a lot of great stuff going on here at the church. We do have a Christmas Eve candlelight communion gathering scheduled now that we have our own building. So 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve, we do a one-hour gathering. I want to invite you to that. Christmas is on a Sunday this year, so we won't be having a Sunday gathering. Uh, but we also have our Vision Builder Soiree coming up on New Year's Eve right here on location. So uh, we're excited about that. We'll get you more information in the days and in the weeks to come. Uh, if you grab your Bible, take a look at, at with me in, at uh, Jeremiah chapter number uh, 13, verse 23. 
And just really quick, the question is, is asked there as we look at Scripture. Um, and you guys, uh, I'm going to hand, I'm gonna, Rain, I'm going to give this to you. I can't get my thing to work, so maybe the tech team can get that to work for you, or for me, actually. If they get it to work for you, that's great, too. Um, Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 23, the question is asked, can the Ethiopian change his skin? Those of you who don't know, Ethiopian, uh, as it's spoken up here, traditionally would be darker complected skin. Can someone with darker skin, can they change their skin? Or can the leopard change its spots? And it goes on to say, neither can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. Wow, what an encouraging verse. Those of you who do evil, you can never, you can never turn it around. But there is some truth to be, to be grasped from this concept that you and I have probably been in places where we were dissatisfied with who we, were, we are, dissatisfied with how we behave, dissatisfied with some of our struggles, and yet we're not able to change on our own. And I want to really point this verse into your attention, mainly because this is really, for me, one of the, one of the pivotal scriptures where I can look at my life and I can look at so many of your lives and really get a grasp and an understanding of the fact that God is really real because as I observe your life, I am able to see the transformation in your life that is not done by flesh and blood. It's not by behavior modification, but because you've been introduced to a living God and he's alive and functioning in your life, your life actually does improve. You behave on a better level that's more healthy for your future. You become a better version of yourself and that is supernatural proof of your experience with God. The title of my message is Saved and I Know It. And I would challenge you to lean into that. You guys will have to take me a chance to the next slide, the title slide. And uh, you guys will have to run the slides because I don't have any way to do it, okay? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. Again, take your word and plant it on our hearts. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. If you're saved and you know it, say Amen. amen. If you're saved and, see, or you knew I could lead some worship. It's about to get interactive here. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. amen. I like the clap, Gershon. That's a percussionist. Out there. If, you're, if you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. amen. So you know the song. These are, you're either, the people singing along are either homeschooled or grew up in church. Okay, it's one of those two. Because that's not even like the, the secular version of the song. So you're happy and you know it. But we, we Christians, we, we copy lots of stuff and we make it ours. You're saved and you know it. Clap your feet. Okay, I'll, you know, it's just things that we had our kids do in homeschool. I won't have you do right now. Um, but with that, you know, it is an interesting thought. If you're saved and you know it, clap your hands. But how many of you know the clapping of your hands does not necessarily prove anything? I mean, you can clap your hands all you want. Some of you might have been clapping just because you thought, oh, this is cool. And the reality is that's not necessarily proof that you've had a saving experience with Jesus. You know, there's lots of things if we, we ask ourselves, how, how do I know that I'm saved? And some of us will point at a Bible verse. We'll say that, well, there's a time when I prayed and I raised my hand when the pastor told me to do so. Well, I know I'm saved because I believe in God. I know I'm saved because there are times when I feel God's presence. I know sometimes, uh, I, I sense at least that I'm saved because I attend church. I'm pretty sure I'm saved because I do good things. Anybody? Uh, but how many of you know that these are a list of ingredients, but not necessarily a proof of anything really changed in your spiritual being? And you know, the reality is, 
The proof of salvation is always in the pudding, so to speak. It really is if you're saved and you know it, then your life will begin to surely show it. And, and I really want to lean into the idea of it's, it's so drastic and it's so, so not behavior modification that it's a literal changing of your spots. One of the things that I love about being involved with your lives is standing back and watching your life be transformed in ways that are supernatural. You know, when you first come into the church, thank you very much. Didn't you, give Raina a big hand. She doesn't... Raina does not, did not... Raina, stand and take a bow. Do me a favor, Raina, take, stand and take a bow. Okay, you can be seated now. Okay. You can be seated. Raina, stand up again. You don't want to be seated. No, okay, I'm just kidding. Um, I like to harass our students. Um, the, uh, the, the truth is, I'm not a real big one on having you pray and by raising your hands and say, I want to accept Jesus into my life. I might do that, but I don't put a lot of necessarily stock in that. The idea of stepping into a relationship with Jesus is more than raising of your hand, more than attending a church. It's even more than feeling God's presence because you can feel God's presence and not necessarily step into a relationship with God. The Bible is filled with people who had an encounter with God and didn't necessarily begin a relationship with God. They felt his presence. They were moved by it. In some cases, they prophesied. Some people fell down like dead people, got back up, and then went on to carry on Jesus to his crucifixion. Emotions and experiences and all that stuff doesn't amount to a whole lot, but the proof of salvation becomes visible as God begins to transform who you are a little at a time. And what I love about what I get to do, what I get to be involved with, and so many of our leaders get to be a part of this, is to be involved with your, li- with your life in a way to watch you take steps and become uh, your heart to really be transformed in ways that you couldn't just change it on your own. There's a great Bible verse um, uh, in, uh, is my thing working? Yeah, it's working here. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 36. This is an Old Testament promise of God. It says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And this really is a a picture of what happens when God reveals himself to someone and that person yields and says yes. God begins to do a work in their heart and change their heart. Now, I, I could speak on behalf of Shane because we've talked about this quite a bit, but I can also speak on behalf of myself and many of you. There were a lot of things I believed before I began to follow Jesus that changed immediately as I made that decision to follow him. And it wasn't because of preaching, although preaching's great. It wasn't because of reading a book, although that's great. God literally took his fingers and began to reach into the core of who I am and change what I believe in, change my values, change my heart overall. I mean, if you had asked me when I was 17, hey, you want to go to church? I'd be like, no. And now you don't even have to ask me. I look forward on a Monday. When are we getting back together? Because there's a new set of desires within me. There were things that I used to desire to do that our Bible calls them sin, that I used to want to do, that I no longer, I, I honestly, I no longer want to do them. Why? Because God has not just changed my behavior. He's changed my heart. Okay. He, he's given me a new heart. That's, that's what it means to be born again. That's what it means to be saved. Not just that God reaches in and brings you out of all your situations. Actually, he reaches into your heart and begins to change your heart 
so that as you navigate forward, your situations begin to change. The biggest issue in your life is not your situations. It's your heart that's led you into those situations. There's a lot of situations that you'll find yourself in that are just circumstantial, but many of your, your life circumstances that are not the greatest is because your hard heart or your heart that's not after God has led you into those difficult places. And so while God can change your circumstances, you'll just build a new set of circumstances with your heart. Does that make sense? Yes. Believe it or not, that is, that is ironclad scripture and very, very true, okay? Um, but God's promise here is that you start walking with him. He begins to reach into your heart, and he gives you a new heart. And I've listed behind me, I've gone on to say, he gives you a new heart to cultivate. Because if you read some of the verbiage in this promise in Ezekiel, that, by the way, shows up in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews, it's, it's a process. And you're going to find when you say yes to Jesus that there are going to be some things that immediately change. And then there's going to be some things that change over time. Things that God begins to work in your heart to deal with, maybe some brokenhearted things that happened to you when you were a child or rejection or misunderstandings that you have about your nuclear family or maybe your identity or your sexuality or all sorts of things. A step at a time throughout the rest of your life, God will always be working on transitioning your heart to make your heart reflect his heart. And you have a role, though, to play to see it cultivated. Now, as God placed a new heart within me, as he placed, you know, again, it's, it's remarkable talking with Shane because church was the last thing on his mind. And yet when I, th- I talked to him on a Friday, he's excited to come to church. He's like, man, we get to be together on Sunday. He's excited genuinely about coming, about serving, about being together in worship. And that's not just a, hey, I think I'll just flip that switch. That's God. That's a God thing. Like to transition your heart to begin to desire after God. And so God places that new heart within us, but we also have to cultivate it. So just really quick, I just want to give you a couple of things that you can do to participate in that process because you do have to participate in it. You can see it in the life of the disciples. You can see it in the writing of the New Testament. You have a role to play in seeing your heart be be the the best that it can be so that you can step into your best future and be used by God in a way that's honorable to him and experience all the good things that he has for you. Okay, so let me give these to you just really quick. Um, I already gave you a believer is given a new heart to cultivate. The heart is cultivated by proximity. How do you cultivate your heart? Proximity, what does that mean? Get close to God. Just real simple. Just by coming in here today and getting close to God in worship, in prayer, in, in the teaching of scripture, you are actually coming close to who, to the presence of God. And by being close to God, that will naturally continue to transform your heart. There have been a lot of, there's been a lot of effort in my life to try to stop doing things. Anybody you've, you've been, I got to stop doing this. I've got a list of 25 things. To be a better Christian, I've got to stop doing these 25 things. Anybody? Or is it just me? And you've worked on that list. And then tomorrow, you've been like, oh, shoot, I messed up on that list. And you try again today. And so then that day turns into the next day. And how many of you know that can be a futile experience, trying to adjust your behavior? But when we come in and we come into an opportunity like this morning to be able to worship God, to take advantage of the moment, to be able to sing with one another, to be able to experience God's presence, to step into that moment, to block everything else out and be before God and let him know how much we appreciate him, that closeness 
to God, those moments actually begin to do some transformative work inside of your heart. That's the value of prayer. It's not so much you asking God to do something, but just spending time worshiping God brings you close to him, and it will, without your realization, it will transform your heart just by being near God. I know it's crazy, but kick off the podcast. Kick off Rogan. And I listen to him sometimes. He's got some great guests. I don't endorse everything that Joe Rogan says or does, especially the mushroom thing. However, some of you don't even know who he is. But, but to kick on worship music in my truck and to hear the voices singing out to God and to begin to experience God's presence in the cab of my truck, it does something to change my frustrations, my aggravations, my, uh, my, 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 my disappointments. And God begins to, again, massage and help me to cultivate my heart. And that being close to him in that, that setting actually helps my heart to be cleaner and more pure as I navigate forward. And so by getting close to God, we're able to see our hearts be cultivated in the way that leads uh, further in his direction. Second Corinthians reveals this. It says, and we all who with unveiled face, in other words, we're able to look at God with no blockage. We're able to get a view of him through worship and prayer. As we do that, beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed. As you get around God, as you get around worship, as you get around prayer, you are actually being transformed into the same image the same image of what? The same image of God. You're looking at him and his reflection is now embedding on you. Some of you, you, you go to uh, maybe out to dinner to a wood-fired pizza place and have a great meal. And when you first walk in, you smell the fragrance of that, that wood cooking, uh, the fire in the back where they're making the pizzas. But after a while, you hardly notice it and you enjoy your pizza and you go home and you walk up to somebody who you haven't seen for a few hours and they're like, where were you? What is that smell? And you're like, what are you talking about? The fragrance of where you were has gotten on you. When you get around the things of God, that fragrance gets on you and it changes how you smell spiritually. It changes who you are. And it makes you smell more like heaven. It makes you smell more like him. You can work on your behavior and I recommend that you do, but I'll challenge you at a, at a, at a better avenue to see your behavior change is lean into prayer, lean into worship, not praying about, help me to stop doing that, God, but Lord, I love you and I honor you. Holy Spirit, thank you for being next to me. And just that alone will actually begin to wash away those desires that you're having a hard time shedding. Number two, cultivating your heart. The heart heart is cultivated by delight. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, uh, 37 verse 4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's a fantastic verse, and it actually has a couple of nuances. Uh, the idea that if you actually point, uh, your delight is, you know, talks about uh, the actual idea of softness. When you look at the original Hebrew word, the word um, delight, to delight yourself in the Lord is actually to be like wax, to be soft, so that when you get around God, you allow who he is to, to mold you. It's the softness before God. It's the stepping into worship to say, God, you have my heart. Do with it what you will. Lord, you have my life. Lead me in whatever direction you would go. To delight in something is to yield to it and allow it to cause you to move in a direction that it wills, not what you will. And so the Bible says there, delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, there will be people that will try to to melt you, 
circumstances will try to melt you and push you in a direction. Um, desires that you have will try to melt you into that, that arena. But this says to delight or allow yourself to be melted by the Lord in a direction, and he will lead you, therefore, to the desires of your heart. I'd go a step further and say that God will actually, if you delight in him, he will place new desires within you that you didn't even know that you had and carry you into those directions. You'll find yourself dreaming about things that you've never dreamed about before. It'll, and it will change the core of who you are. And you'll stop being such a cantankerous, self-centered, opinionated person. Not that you won't have opinions, but you'll actually be somewhat likable. Well, that's just how I am. Well, stop being that way. And this is what I know. If you get around Jesus, really get around Jesus, he'll shave that hard edge off of you. You'll still have strong will, still have opinions, but the Bible talks about share the truth in what? You'll know my, uh, they'll know you're my disciple by your, not your opinion, by your love. The truth shared in love. Okay, let me give you the last one. You ready? Worship team, why don't you guys come up? And we'll uh, just sing a final song, right? We need to hear those voices again. It's also a good excuse to hear some drumming. I tell you that as a kid, the first time I heard live music, I was at a, was at a wedding. And the band was playing polka music. I didn't know the difference. But everyone, I, got, I got up standing up next to the stage and the drummer could see I was like, it's like, ooh. So he'd twirl the sticks on his finger. Oh, yeah. And so the drummer, he invited me. They pulled up a stool and I got to sit and watch him play. And he broke his stick and he gave me his broken stick. Are you putting your hands on me? Oh, the drummer touched me. <laughs> Fifth grade, I took uh, drum lessons. You know, you know what a drum pad is. They, you might not know. A drum pad is this little square thing, little rubber pad. And you practice on that because your parents don't want to hear you on the real drum, so you get a little pad. So I got me a briefcase. Put my little drum pad in there. And I cut a slot in the foam for my drum sticks. They weren't broken yet, right? Drum. And then because I was a wild drummer, I needed some sweatbands, but I didn't have no money for sweatbands, so I cut the, cut the stripes off my tube socks. Some of you like tube socks and what stripes? Back in the day, baby. Right? I put them all in there and it still didn't have me to help me to have any rhythm at all. None of that stuff. So I don't play the drums. Um, so I'm kind of kind of sad to be honest. Sad. Anyways, the Lord will give you a new heart, not necessarily a skill that you desire to have. All right. Uh, final point, Psalm 51, verse 10. Uh, the heart is also cultivated with some maintenance. And this is not the funnest part of my message, but it's the reality is that I find myself as I'm following Jesus and as he's given me this new heart that he's in the process of instilling within me, we come to moments where there's some things within my heart that don't belong, some issues of fear, some, some trauma issues, some things that have happened to me issues that I... I haven't let go of some unforgiveness towards other people, some bad attitudes that have made their way into who I am, some self-centeredness, some maybe fear of, will I have enough to make it, you know, if I'm generous to anybody else, will I have enough? And these things that get hung up within our heart that keeps us from being that best version of ourselves that he's created us to be. And there comes those moments where I'm sitting in church and Jordan's doing a giving message and he shares something and I'm like, ah, oh, doggone it. Why did I ask him to do this? 
he's messing with that thing that I don't want messed with right now. Or Pastor Rowena or Jen or Jennifer or Jenny or one of the J's is great preachers we have in the house. He's got a J and the Lord begins to deal with something in my heart. How many of you know, how many of you have something that needs dealt with in your heart? Is it just me? There's like four of us, okay? The rest of you are who, you and Jesus. Woo! Right here, the rest of us down here, there's that, that moment where God begins to address that because that thing's keeping me from being who he created me to be, from being healthy, from being able to function on all eight cylinders, for me to impact other people in a healthy way. And it's difficult, but he invites us to be, to, to participate in letting him get his hands on that thing and pull that thing out and us to push it away and to say, I'm sorry, or to say, I forgive, or to walk away from certain relationships or certain behaviors. Because as David prayed, he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. There's a process of me and God together seeing my heart become the transformed heart that it needs to be. It'd be great if God just magic wand every, every fiber of my heart into what it needs to be, but he doesn't. He invites us in to participate in the process of surrendering portions of our heart so that he can receive them from us willingly and put his hands on it, amen? Why don't you stand with me? Let's go ahead and pray. I wanna challenge you today to offer the Lord your whole heart um, he's not going to rip out your heart and just stick something else in there. It's got to be something that you offer to him. I'll tell you this, it's be the best decision you've ever made. I've made a lot of good decisions and I've made a lot of decisions that I regret, but the one decision I'll stand by every step of the way is the decision to say yes to Jesus and to surrender my heart to him. Because there's nobody in this lifetime, I mean nobody, who loves me the way that he loves me, cares about me the way he cares about me, and, and actually has, has the best path, best path forward for me. And so I'd invite you, if you've yet to say yes to Jesus today, to say yes today. Say yes to him. He's not gonna back the truck up to change everything today. He doesn't have a ton of rules for you today. It's step one today is say yes to him. Say yes to his sacrifice on the cross. Say yes to his death. Say yes to the resurrection. Say yes to the fact that he's alive and well-functioning. He sent his spirit to transform your heart so that you can step into the good pastures that he has for you. So as you're standing there, I want you just to pray along with us. And just say yes. Father, we say yes to you. Say that with me. Father, I say yes. I say yes to you, Holy Spirit. God, I say yes to the things that you want to do in my life. I say yes to the forgiveness of the cross. I say yes to the, to the healings that you bring in our way. God, I say yes to the people that you want in my life. I say yes to the better way of doing things. God, I say yes to your word. I don't even know it all yet at this point, but I say yes to the things you're revealing to me. God, I say yes to the things that you wanna remove that shouldn't be in my heart. God, I say yes to the things you want me to embrace. And Lord, in those moments where Oh, I'm not sure, help me to lean forward. Find myself falling into you. Lord, help me to set my delight in you. Mold me in the direction you'd have me go. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everyone said, amen, amen.
Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church. 